This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are going to talk to our friend Tim Lacombe coming up here shortly. Stay tuned. Of course, Tim, our analyst, uh, jazz pre, half, and post uh, game coverage. We'll get his thoughts on the final two games. If uh, if you uh, are just joining us, injury reports for the Jazz and Oklahoma City released. The big news, Mike Conley has been upgraded to questionable for tomorrow's game. So has Juwan Morgan. Donovan Mitchell obviously still remains out. For the Thunder, Lou Dort out. Shea Gilgis-Alexander out. Mike Muscala out. Questionable Ty Jordan. So oh. Or not Ty Jordan, excuse me. Oh, that's a terrible slip. Ty Jerome, who yeah. has a, a left calf strain. All right. Well, so nobody's playing for the Thunder. <laughs> you would expect the Jazz to win that game, no matter how tired their players are. Agree. I feel the uh, I feel the same way about Sunday's game as well, which uh, does have a game time seven o'clock, right, Austin? Oh, late seven late. Mountain. They they it was supposed to be all within a afternoon window, but a, reportedly, according to Shams, a bunch of NBA teams balked at that idea. So, so will the Jazz finish up about last? They'll be one of the last to play. So they'll know what they have to do? If That's correct. they do have to do something? All right, uh, Tim's visit today brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free jazz-signed Joe Ingalls jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Joining us now, my co-host on Jazz Pre-Half and Post-Game Coverage, our good friend, Coach Tim Lacombe. What's going on, Tim? What's going on, guys? How are you? Tim, do you like spending time in New York? Tim? How about that? Do you like spending time in New York? I love New York. Yeah? I'm a big New York guy. Yeah, for sure. I just saw the Joan Rivers uh, luxurious and haunted New York City penthouse has been listed for $38 million. So I thought that might be of interest to you. Um, I'd have to have quite a team to get that done. Um, but, you know, that's what we do. We build teams, right, Gordo? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's your career, man. You've been building teams from the very beginning. Certainly tried. I don't know how, how successful, but there was a, I promise you there was a lot of effort, always. So last night I was listening to you and Jake in the post game, uh, and uh, I, I want you to... Now that you've had time to think about it, what is your conclusion off what you saw last night, Tim? That if the Jazz rolled that team out there every night, that they would not be the number one seed in the West. Would they make the playoffs? Um, you know, there there was a lot to be desired on the offensive end, and I think that that's what is probably the biggest uh, – 
I don't know. I mean, that's the biggest thing difference you see is it's just way less weapons and way less diverse weapons. And, you know, that's where you get in depth any, at any point. That's where you start to see. And, um, I, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I love what these young guys have done and are doing to help this team win. But when you ask them to, you know, when they've had to step in and like Trent Forrest, for instance, play 20 minutes a game, he's just, you know, he's not ready for that right now. And, uh, you know, there'll probably be a time where he will be, but right now, I mean, you know, and I should say he's had some nice games, um, but I think consistently what you, you know, what you typically give a guy for 20 minutes, um, you know, I think Trent's, he's just not there yet. Tim McComb is with us, uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Mike Conley, uh, we just got the, the injury report, uh, Tim, and he's officially listed as questionable for tomorrow night's game. Anything to read into there? Uh, that's I would say that's a positive sign, you know, if he's upgraded. Um, questionable is definitely better than doubtful or out. So step in the right direction. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see how he's feeling and, and what that means, but I, I, I got to think that's good news. What do you think the Jazz need? Okay, look, we know they're not playing without two of their stars. We have, but what do they need um, to improve, Tim, when those guys come back? I think just, you know, naturally by getting those minutes back, you know, and getting actually guys in the roles. You know, I think Joe Ingles, for instance, has, you know, we talked about Joe as, uh, he, he, he shot the ball as good as, as I've seen anybody shoot it there for a period this year, and I think a big part of that uh, was, uh, you know, his, his real comfort with, you know, the shots he was getting and the way he was getting them. And his whole, you know, his whole game had to change, you know, while these guys have been out. So I, I think there's not a whole lot. I mean, if you look at statistically over the body of work over the year, um, you know, and you look at where they fall in offense and where they fall in defense and, um, you know, the way they rebound the basketball. Uh, and, you know, I just think all those numbers are real positive numbers. And I, I've said it all year long. I think the sum of this team's parts, um, you know, or the makeup of this this team, you know, the, the, the sum of its parts is greater than its whole. And I think that the, um, I think that these guys are a, you know, a perfect perfect put together team i think they have diverse strengths and i think some things are you know there's certainly get things that are uh one guys are better that than others but um no i just like the way this team's put together and i think that that's the most important thing is it gets back together tim you and i have talked about this but uh you know i get it's a hot topic in fandom out there but uh, with donovan mitchell not uh, coming back for the regular season would he be better off um, uh, coming back and getting a little work, or do you think it doesn't matter because of that week off in between? No, I think um, that week off in between is big. Um, I think that it's a uh, it's a really nice thing that isn't typical, and I think they've had their eye on that. You know, knowing they're going to have that be in that position for a minute, and so um, no, I think that that's the I think that's the goal. That's the aim is to get everybody on that same page and get firing during that that little window right there. Tim, do you think it's the offensive end Rudy Gobert is utilized to his full extent, or is there more there, or is there opportunity for him to do more, or could there be? Well, I, I think there's always room to improve, and, and the part that I, I would, I think if you look at him this year, as even opposed to a year ago, um, you know, I think you've seen a development in being able to do more things better and 
I think that his, you know, his back to the basket game is probably never going to be uh, great, but, but to, you know, in fairness to him, it's not something he gets a ton of reps of, nor really does anybody in the NBA anymore. Um, you know, that, it's a different game and you don't get fives that just, uh, you know, go down there and, uh, you know, even Jokic, you know, what makes him so special is he can pop and he can, he can attack from the perimeter. So I think, you know, that's the new age big guy. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think there's more that we, that Rudy can do. You know, I've, I've seen him take a couple shots this year from 13, 14 feet. Uh, but it's, it's the little things, the way he's finishing, um, you know, the way he's catching the ball, the way that he's moving the ball, you know, able, on the move to be able to get a pass on a roll and then once again, you know, make a pass to a, an open shooter opposite. That, all that stuff is, is way better than it was, like I said, even a year ago. And, um, and I think that's what really encourages you if you're a Rudy guy is, you know, I think there's still stuff that he can continue to develop. So I guess, I guess the root of my question is, should the Jazz give him more opportunities? Or has that been compromised because Donovan and Mike aren't on the floor? Yeah, I, I, yeah, that, he really does benefit when there's when there's a threat in every one of those four spots, um, and you know, and then I think it's it's pretty well known. I think Joe is Joe and Rudy have a great connection, but Mike and Rudy were pretty good this year too, um, and so you just get different looks from different guys. Um, but I really do think the spacing element is the most important thing for Rudy. Um, you know, if teams want to take him away, they can, but. You know, at, at jeopardy of giving up uh, threes to guys that can shoot them. Right now, they can they can kind of take Rudy away uh, because they don't have to guard certain guys out on the floor, and we haven't seen that this year. And that's the beauty of this year's team. Who's the team to beat in the West, Tim? Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, the team that that probably has. In my mind, the guys you know that have been there, they've kind of done it. I mean, I think the Clippers are the team that you know. There's been a lot of talk about Phoenix and Utah um, as kind of the up and comers, and then obviously everybody's kind of just prodding the Lakers, waiting for them to come along. I mean, I really think Murray's injury kind of takes Denver out. As great as Jokic is, and as good as they are, I just think you know at, at their core they're just not the same. And um, so I would say. I would probably say the Clippers in my mind, if, if you're setting a favorite for the West, that would probably be my favorite just because they've done it. You know, they're capable of doing it. Um, uh, and But I, I'm telling you, the Jazz probably next and Phoenix right there as well. I, I think that's the way I'd probably position it. So an attendant question, and actually it's uh, there's duality to it. It's it's. Uh, not it's not so much who's the, who are the best teams in the West. It's which teams do you think would pose the greatest threat to the Jazz as a matchup? Uh, and maybe I don't know. Maybe the answer is the same for both. But what, what do you think? Um, certainly, Phoenix is a, plays a style. You know, switching, um, having multiple guys. Really, you know, that combination of of Booker and Paul, um, and then. You know, they've got nice pieces around them. Uh, I think they almost are kind of a mirror image of what Jazz are in a lot of respects um, from a confidence and offensive standpoint with many weapons. Um, you know, and I think that their style of defense gives the Jazz issues. I think we've seen that. Um, you know, 
uh, Jokic is a tough matchup for for the Jazz because you know he gets Rudy moving around and and gets involved in pick and pop, and we've seen him have huge nights. Uh, I think you know you could go down the list. I I don't know that there's I guess an easy matchup out there. You know, I, Jake and I were talking the other night. You know, we probably say all this stuff um, about Golden State. You know, get, being in the play in and finding their way in and and really what it's going to be is San Antonio, you know, or something crazy like that. You just don't know. But um, I think for multiple different reasons, I think, you know, each team poses a different challenge, but I would say that the team that the teams that kind of stand out just from the year, um, you know, the way Denver plays offensively and the way they use Jokic and then, you know, Phoenix's uh, tenacity and toughness and, and, and really two really good players and on the perimeter. I asked you about the West, Tim. Who do you like in the East? Man, I'll tell you what, the Heat started to play well. Um, and Jake and I, you, you and I talked about it. When the Jazz played, I don't even think they were in the playoff picture at the time. Uh, but I, I think that they, they, they're kind of a dark horse for me. Um, I'm not a believer in Philly. I, I've got to see it. I, I mean, there's just too many things there, you know, that I'm just not crazy about. Um, you know, and, and so Milwaukee, obviously, Giannis is playing great, um, and, and I think that he's he's somebody to look at. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, it's a kind of a crapshoot over there to me. Um, who comes out of it? It'll, it'll be kind of like last year where a team maybe gets hot and, and kind of fight, finds their way through it. So other than Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, who who is – let me include Mike Conley in that just for fun here. Who's the next most important jazz player? So you take Rudy and Donovan and Mike, those are the three you took. Yep. Who's the next most important? Um, man, that's a good question because, you know, there's lots of different reasons why you could say one guy over the other. Um, but I just think the probably the, the biggest difference maker – and the way, a guy that can change the game pretty quick is Clarkson. Um, but I think there'd be an argument there also for Bojan because Bojan does a lot, you know, is a versatile piece the Jazz use in so many different ways. Um, so it'd probably be a toss-up for me between those two, but I said Clarkson first, so I'd probably go with my instinct, although that's gotten me in trouble far too many times. Okay, so I'm not picking on Bojan here, although Jake and I have sort of made a funny bit out of this whole thing. But uh, do his turnovers drive you a little crazy? You know what's crazy is they, they, I think what drives me crazy about him is they happen in bunches. Um, I think he's a kind of an all-or-nothing guy. You don't really notice him, and then you know have a game where it, it just is is a tough issue for him that night. Um, I, I, the problem is I'm, I'm, I see the the glass is half full, and I see all the things that that dude does that. You know, we beg to have – if we go down the list and we're saying – you know, I think Clarkson's four, and it really is kind of splitting hairs. But when did you get, you know, your fourth and fifth guy on your, your pegging order that were capable of getting you 40 points and really kind of making it look easy? Um, so I think there's some real value in what Boyan does. And so that's why it's easy for me um, to kind of look beyond some of that stuff. Because I do think it is something that you see, and when you do see it, it happens kind of in bunches. 
Um, and I think that's probably the irritant. As as a coach, does that would that drive you crazy, or did it drive you crazy when oh, you yeah, saw yeah, quality sure. players? Because oh, no. he kind of presents no the ball and he pounds the rock, and 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 he's not the quickest player in the world. And there's an awful lot of quick hands in the NBA. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, as a coach, I mean, it's part of the reason I'm you know batty out here now. Uh, is you know there's a lot of a lot of water under that bridge, but. Yeah, every single guy you coach has their thing, and that's really what you try to help them do. You know, some guys uh, they have a difficult time seeing the floor great, and um, some guys have a hard time shooting the perimeter shot, and you know, insist on shooting it. And, and you got guys who are dominant around the rim but can't shoot free throws, and that drives you batty, right? That's all stuff you got to work through. And um, you know, I, I I know we've been doing this for a long time, but there's never going to be a perfect player. Uh, and so I really do think that's where, you know, you got to look beyond the things that are just obvious to the eyes and kind of look deeper into really the effect on that they have on a team. And that's where I come back to with those two guys. I know there's a lot of um, people that talk about Clarkson's sh- uh, shot selection, Boyan's, you know, you know, sometimes he even said last night, I lose my mind sometimes, I think. Uh, you know that's stuff you go up and down with as a fan, but over the body of work, man, you got to love what those guys do. Last thing before we let you go, Tim, uh, and this is kind of out of the blue, but it is Dennis Rodman's 60th birthday today. And wow! My, my question for you is: Is he the best villain in NBA history? Man, there's been some good villains. Bill Lambeer. You know, I He's... I go back to like Lambeer. I go to uh, you know, it was really good one was Maurice Lucas. Oh yeah, that dude was a bad man. I remember him as a kid being like, "I wouldn't want any part of that guy." Isn't he? Wasn't um, he supposed to be Tim? He was really a nice guy, but then he put oh, yeah, on yeah. the sort of yeah. comical, uh, tough guy act. Yeah, I've read I've read things like that. Um, he's he's a guy I think of. I mean, I thought, uh, but but yeah, just because I think what Dennis did is he kind of took it to comic book with the color, right? Um, you know first guy ever to you know have four different colors in his hair and and his nostrils pierced and earrings and you know my wife and i we were actually at final four one year and they were honoring a bunch of guys at the final four and rodman was there and um it was just interesting i mean he he's a presence he walks into a room you know he's there and uh he was dressed in like a oversized cowboy hat looked like something you'd buy at the fair you know um with a, a sharp looking suit on and um but yeah i just think he's probably the guy that i would say would be in my lifetime the best villain how about danny age because he bit tree at rollins finger right did he bite see that that thing always to me did danny bite him or no did tree bite danny? no it was the other way around but somehow the story got twisted so that it was danny who was doing it and he, he was the victim I know Danny too well. He's not a villain. He, he's a good dude. Um, so, yeah, that, that kind of ruins it for me. I've, I've kind of seen behind the curtain and, and know his heart. So <laughs> there's no villain there. Yeah, see, I think I, I think you can be a good person and still be a villain. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, well, and Dennis played it up so much. But it, but Danny uh, did kind of have that villainous personality on the floor. I mean, you know, I, I think villain, who's the – Who's the guy when they go into another team's building that the other fans enjoy booing, you know? Yeah, but you know what? He Danny was just too in my mind he was too uh 
too refined, you know, as a player. It, it's the like Rodman. He kind of had to find his shtick, right? Uh, Lambeer kind of had to find his shtick. It was, hey, they're going to knock dudes down and they're going to out hustle you, and if it had to, they're going to bite you, I guess. All right, Tim. Well, always a pleasure, buddy. I'll uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, earlier hey, can start I ask time. You one question, nice. real yeah. quick. Yeah. What is the saying? Uh, the sum is better than. I, I stammered on that for three minutes. So I know Jake's going to play that back and laugh at me. What, I, what is ooh, that the, saying? The Gordon? sum of the parts are greater than the whole. Something like that. Some yeah. of the parts are greater than the whole. That's what I was trying to find there when I was babbling. We so apologize. You. We hear you, buddy. It's all good. All right. All right, good. See you tomorrow. I'm just scouting myself, you know, already. <laughs> See you, buddy. See ya. Our friend Tim Lacombe, uh, of course, uh, Coach Tim Lacombe, uh, my co-host, Jazz, pre-half of post-game coverage. Tomorrow's game starts at 6. Pre-game coverage will begin at 5. We're actually doing the pre-game show from the warehouse tomorrow. Yeah, look forward to that. By the way, you could do the sum of the parts is greater than the whole, or you could do the sum of the parts is lesser than the whole. Okay. Or you could not do it at all. I mean, But I think the saying is greater than, right? What so. he was going for, anyway, yes. I believe. Yeah. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up right around the corner, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's see, who was it on that play? It was Rhett Bird. Rhett Bird was the hawk in the right place at the right time. I guess that's true what they say. A bird in the hand is worth a ball on the full carpet.